0: If you're a Lord of the Rings fan or a super fan, then you've probably been dying for Amazon to release their forthcoming series. But what if that promised series was speculated to have lots of not so family-friendly content? Hey everyone, I'm Kristen Smith, your fill-in host for The Plugged In Show, focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for hanging with us. Amazon is scheduled to release their adaptation of J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings sometime in 2021. And although the release is a year away, at best, it's already stirring up a whole bunch of controversy. The show has hired an intimacy coordinator to work on set. And this may or may not mean that nudity and heavy sexual content could be an added element to the upcoming series. A real bummer for families. I don't know about you, but I really don't want to see anyone from Middle Earth taking off their clothes. But would it be surprising in today's culture if they did? So today, we're going to talk about this upcoming series, along with a whole bunch of other shows that have pushed the envelope when it comes to what we see on TV and what this means for families. Joining me for today's conversation are...
1: Bob Hoos, Jonathan McKee. Paul AC.
0: Okay, so today we're going to start out, I have one question for everybody. And if you can't really think of an answer, I don't know, try hard. <laughs> okay. What was the first movie or TV show that you watched or heard of that shocked you with gratuitous content? Jonathan, I,
1: you know, I think the one that shocked, I wouldn't say it's probably the first one, but the one that I think shocked me the most was, um, you know, I would always sit down and try to be the good husband and watch Downton Abbey with my wife, you know, because <laughs> and because and, that's what good men need to do is Downton Abbey is a great wife. show. And, uh, it's a great show. And and we all and anybody who is a fan of the show knows that, you know, the show a couple of times went and I was like, Whoa, wait a second. You know, you're kind of like checking, wait, what, what channel was this on again? You know, uh, there was this, there was a couple of times where I was like, wow, it, it, it kind of went there too. And, and maybe it's not, you know, the same as Naked Hobbits or whatever, but it definitely surprised <laughs> me. Um, the, the whole idea of Naked Hobbits alone, I got to admit, scares me a little bit, especially that one who cleans his ear that one time. I don't oh, know yeah, if I yeah. want to see him naked, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, Downton Abbey definitely surprised me.
2: You know, I grew up in an age where looney tunes cartoons were always on Saturday morning, watched them religiously. Yeah, I yeah. It, it, there's nothing that shocks me anymore after seeing those looney tune cartoons Aww. because you've got cross-dressing rabbits, you've got <laughs> anvils <laughs> falling on people's heads, it's terrible. But but I do have to say, so I I grew up in a in a jaded childhood situation, right? But but as I grew up, there was a movie that came out, and I actually never saw it, but but just the premise alone kind of shocked me, and that was Faces of Death. Uh, oh, you've probably yeah. heard yeah. about it, yeah. but it, it essentially actually showed, like, allegedly, people actually dying on screen, and I thought, that just seems terrible. It just, it repulsed me so much that I got to say, it, it. it was one of my very first plugged-in moments. I said, no, that is not for my eyes. <laughs>
0: there you go. Who's? what about you? Well,
2: I, I guess I would jump in. You, you mentioned cartoons. I think,
3: I think one of the first cartoons that I saw that I was actually shocked by, by how far the cartoon would go. Uh, I watched Ren and Stimpy. I don't know mm. if you've ever seen yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yes, yes. It's not, I mean, it, we're not talking nasty, nasty, but it, this was a cartoon that pushed the boundaries of cartoons when, when it first came out. And I remember seeing it and thinking, whew. That's that they really want to go there. Okay.
1: Yeah. I think, and I think that cartoon probably laid the groundwork for, I mean, cause at the same time you had that and Simpsons and some other ones that were kind of like saying, Hey, we can, we can have adult cartoons, you know, and not yeah. like pornographic, yeah. but definitely just very edgy.
0: Yeah. And I don't know what it is about. I guess I'll go off of cartoons too. Um In seventh grade, I was at a friend's house and, my friend's older sister was watching South Park, and I remember oh. seeing an episode and walking out thinking, "Oh, I'm not going to tell my mom I watched that because <laughs> I'm gonna be yeah. grounded for the rest of my life." <laughs> and there's something about when it's cartoons, it makes it seem innocent. Of course, when really it's not. So exactly, but that's like oh, exactly, yeah. and that's
3: and that's what draws kids in too. Oh yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, I, I mean, even with video games, like you've you've got South Park video games, and I've seen parents walking out with these. Funny little cartoon video game thinking, oh, this will be fun. They have no idea what they're going to get until they get home.
0: Well, hopefully we know what we're getting a little bit when we get into Lord of the Rings. But I'm not sure. Paul was the first person who kind of did some research on it. He wrote a blog about it. So could you fill us in, Paul, about what we need to expect about the series or what we can't expect?
2: Really, you hit the nail on the head when you think that when we talk about Lord of the Rings, we should know what we're getting, right? Right. Right. But this new Amazon Prime series seems like it's shaking, muddying the waters, mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh, what we have here, apparently Amazon Prime is funneling a ton of money into a new Lord of the Rings series that's, that's ex- scheduled to debut in, in 2021. They haven't exactly said when, but they're throwing a billion dollars, an estimated billion dollars into this series. It's being filmed in New Zealand like the original Lord of the Rings movies were. You remember when 100 million... Was huge.
3: Oh, I know. And you thought, yeah, how yeah. could they
2: spend that kind of money? Yeah, yeah, furry feet don't cost that much. Yeah. But- Anyway, you've, <laughs> so you've got this, The Amazon is pouring a ton of money into it. It's being filmed in New Zealand. It's actually theoretically taking place outside of the realm of what we've seen in the movies. It takes place in the second age of Middle Earth, uh, which is when Sauron sort of became a big deal. It's when mm-hmm. the, the rings were forged. It was when um, the first war that we see between elves and Sauron and then the last alliance, and I could get really geeky here about <laughs> not going to. <laughs> so it takes place in a world that we're not nearly as familiar with. A lot of consternation has been developed, I guess, mm-hmm. over what is rumored to be happening over there. Yep. We know that there's an untitled Amazon project that has hired a intimacy coordinator. Yeah. We know that that same untitled project is asking for extras that are comfortable with nudity. Yeah, they sent out a casting call. Correct, oh, correct. So it hasn't been officially named the Lord of the Rings project. Right. But it's the only huge project that's going on down there. It's taking up uh, apparently something like 80% of of all the, the movie um, construction or whatever is going down in, in New Zealand. Um, so it's, it's likely a Lord of I mean, the Rings. I mean, hey, for
3: a billion dollars, you could buy New Zealand, You right? could
2: <laughs> practically do it. You really could. So... You, <laughs> The chances of it being connected to Lord of the Rings are really mm. almost
0: positive. So do you guys think that the producers are trying to copy the success of Game of Thrones?
2: I personally do. I think that when you look at this, as you say, Game of Thrones was wildly successful. It was right. really the last water cooler show that we saw on TV. Lots of people watched it. It it had viewers, you know, tens, 30 million people were supposedly watching this this HBO show that had a lot of gratuitous content. It yeah. was famous for its sexual content, for its nudity. Uh it really pushed the envelope. Um and and really the the design of the entire series written originally by George R R Martin was almost a pushback against sort of the the more innocent more grandiose tales of Lord of the Rings it mm-hmm. was intended to be gritty grimy yeah. a little more realistic
3: yeah where all the heroes die all the heroes you, die you know. all these terrible
2: <laughs> yeah. things happen you Spoiler don't have alert. That, <laughs> <laughs> that that sense of poetry that that Tolkien brought to to Lord of the Rings it makes me think that Amazon has really drawn the wrong lessons yeah. from, from Game of Thrones, the success of Game of Thrones, that it was all about the the sex and not about the story.
1: It will be interesting to see uh, if if the trend stays. Because, I mean, like with Game of Thrones, uh, when it first came out, with, it very gratuitous and stuff. I remember Siren Live even had – my first I even heard about how gratuitous it was was I saw our Siren Live sketch. Where they were kind of joking about it, and, and when you got people joking about the nudity in, yeah. in the series, and like when starting Life is actually poking fun about it, you know it must be severe well it 's interesting because they backed off a little bit more as they went on, yeah and Amazon Prime and Netflix often will do something where they 'll have you know of course their uh the pilot, and the pilot sometimes will be loaded with like shock and violence and you know gratuitous sex and that kind of stuff, yeah. and then they kind of mellow out throughout and, and and you know that it's kind of all about ticket sales. Now, and with yeah. Game of Thrones, I, I think we even mentioned before uh, in one of these podcasts, um, it was one of those things where actually some of the, you know, car- like Amelia Clark, um, she was really felt the pressure to be naked in some of the scenes. And she kind of came out later and said, yeah, they were saying, hey, this is what your Game of Thrones fans want. And HBO kind of put that pressure on her to do that. It'll be interesting to see Amazon. Uh, prime is obviously a a completely different, uh, set of leaders in charge of there at the helm. Um, I don't know if they'll put that same pressure on. I hope not because I think young people today are kind of growing up almost a little bit used to this and they think it's no big deal Mm -hmm. when in fact I think it is. Yeah. You know, and on top of all that, I think
3: there's real, you mentioned it, there's really no great Desire to see naked hobbits. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't think they're, <laughs> when when you're, when you're thinking about fans out there, I mean, the real fans of Lord of the Rings stories, there's nobody saying, "Man, I wish they'd been naked throughout it." There's nobody. Right. And I, I think I think if anything, if they go in that direction, you're going to find a lot of fans just sort of bailing on it because it's, it it will go in opposition to the whole spirit
2: of the of the original stories. You're absolutely right. Who's uh, when you look at, at Tolkien's original purpose behind these stories, mm-hmm. um, he actually wrote to, I believe, his book editor. He said that that these stories should be high, quote, unquote, uh, purged of the gross and fit for a more adult mind of a land long now steeped in poetry. These were mm. meant to be high-form stories, almost yeah. mythical stories. This is mm. what Tolkien wanted for mm-hmm. this world. And so when you have this this. This grimy, sort of salacious. Overlay on top of these these beautiful, relatively family friendly stories, I think it it really takes away from what Tolkien wanted for his own story
0: and it's kind of a reversal what you said because what that suggests is that a more adult audience would want something more mature but not in the graphic sense exactly they want something that's going to challenge their minds. they want something that's going to like actually draw them in with the story itself and for me this edgier content isn't fitting the story. That's exactly Uh, right. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. And I was trying to think while you guys were talking about this, um, other shows that have been ruined right by this edgier content. And I know for me, I've, I've used this example a lot, but not that Riverdale has a really great (laughs) storyline at all. I've just been forced to watch a lot because of Paul. (laughs) Um, but for me, when I sit there and watch it, I think, wow, do we really need all of this? Do people yeah. really want all of this?
3: Especially if you ever read the Archie comics, yeah, that it's based on exactly. You know, the, it's got the same characters and locations, only nothing else is the same. Yeah, uh, and it, and, and it, you know, you talk about gratuitous applications on top of something that, that was more innocent. Let's right. put it that way. Right. Yeah. That, if there was nothing else about the Archie comics, because it was always about the love triangle between. Archie and Betty and Veronica, Mm -hmm. but, and so you had those relationships. So you had young kids who could look at these cartoon characters in, in their relationships, right? but it was never nasty.
0: Yeah. Ever. And I think part of what Jonathan was saying, and I I think it's so true. It's like a ticket sale. So if I can give you all this stuff up front, maybe I'll hook you. And then as we go on, but same thing with game of Thrones, right? They kind of dialed it back. So I'm wondering like, do people really want all of this as soon as it starts? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Like statistically, if this is something that people are like super interested in, I know for me, when I I hope I really want to watch this series. I love Lord of the Rings, but if they ruin it by making it like Game of Thrones, I definitely don't want to.
2: It's an interesting thing, and I'm sure that there is a segment of the population that does tune in for gratuitous content. Yeah, and I do believe that that oftentimes people put in a lot of a lot of that content at the very beginning in order to get some press. I mean, you mm-hmm. always hear the the cliche that there's no such thing as bad press. Yeah. And if it's gratuitous enough, then it's going to draw attention. And sometimes even if there's controversy attached to a show, it draws that attention. When you talk about Tolkien, when you talk about a Lord of the Rings series, you don't need extra attention. There is a built-in no. fan base that wants to watch that. Yeah, and true. what I always go back to is when you talk about Tolkien fans, mm-hmm. man, you think Star Wars fans get upset if, if something's <laughs> <Right>. wrong? <laughs> and Tolkien they do. fans, they know they're Tolkien, yeah, and they would go up in arms. I think if something feels like it's gone astray from from what Tolkien originally intended. And, so and you,
3: you've also got to admit that the the sexy stuff that they stick into shows gets old. It really does. You know, you were talking about yeah. what's gonna challenge me when I, when I watch a show, mm-hmm. what's going to mentally challenge me. Sexy stuff does not mentally challenge it whatsoever. It, it actually gets boring mm-hmm. as you go along uh, until you can get to a good story.
1: Yeah. You know, this is, it, it's, it's funny because sometimes when I get caught up in these conversations as a movie fan, I get really excited because I'm a movie fan. I'm a Star Wars fan, you know, or I'm, <laughs> I love fantasy adventure stuff. But, I mean, primarily, I'm a follower of Christ, and the one thing I just got to remember is that this isn't like, okay, it's movie time, now it's Bible time. When I sit down and I read the Word, um, I've just been really just—I've been trying to just soak in a lot more of the Word recently— And the more we spend time in the word and get to know his truth, the more we're going to recognize the lies when we see him. And, uh, I was reading, I actually, I've been, I've been reading on my phone. I don't know if that really counts as well as reading an analog (laughs) paper Bible, but I've been reading the Bible on my phone. And the cool thing is I can screenshot when, when verses are good. And I screenshotted Psalm 19 the other day. Um, and in verse 12, it says, it says, how can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I'll be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. And then it goes on to do the one we've heard so much before about, may the words of my mouth, and meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. It's such a cool thing because if we're as families spending time in the word and talking about passages like this, then the natural conversation is going to be, hey, what are some of these hidden sins lurking in my heart? You know, what are these deliberate sins and how do they start to control us? And we can start talking about our thought patterns. And then all of a sudden when we approach our entertainment, it's going to just come natural to us that, Hey, you know what? This is contrary from what I know as a Christ follower. And it's going to make some of these conversations easier. So I have to approach this as a follower of Christ, not just as an adventure fantasy film fan.
0: Yeah, I actually really like that, Jonathan. It's kind of like a segue because I think the question then is, what do we do as parents when racy content wants to be the norm, right? Like, and you're saying like, guard our hearts. How do we do that? So what do you guys, what do you guys think?
3: Well, I, I think Jonathan really nailed it on the head when he was talking about conversation, about focusing your mind on the things of Christ. And then that makes it easier to have good conversations with your kids about it because it's, Yes, yes, we have our own temptations as adults when we watch some of these things, and we have to and we have to force yeah. ourselves to step away and for for good reasons. Mm-hmm. But it's kids that that tend to be most influenced by this, you know. Yeah. And I, and I'm not talking just about Game of Thrones stuff, right. you know. I'm talking about even Riverdale yeah. you mentioned earlier when you've got these shows that are portraying teen sexuality. And yeah. sometimes aggressive teen sexuality. Yeah. Then what what does that do? It not only is it drawing teen eyes, mm-hmm. but it's also teaching them that this is now the norm. Mm-hmm. And this is how you should be conducting your day and yeah. working in your relationships. And that what that does is it just it it creates this spiraling down um attitude about everything in a teen's life that really readjusts their perspectives
2: and i think it's a very negative thing. Yeah. Hoos, i love that point because i think i do believe that that conversation is so critical in how moms and dads deal with this entertainment saturated culture that we have. But when it comes to a show like this I believe that parents should also be comfortable to just say no. Yeah. And that's a very difficult thing for me to say in a way because I'm a big Tolkien guy. I love the Lord of the Rings Especially
0: if you've gotten your kids like... Pumped about right. the series, or it's something you right. could do together. Yeah. yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Because I think this was something that, that a lot of families could navigate. They yeah. could watch together. Uh, the, the original movies were were pretty violent, but they had some great messages and they were just a lot of fun. Yeah. With something like this, it feels like you just sometimes have to say, I'm sorry. I just don't think that this is navigable.
1: No, that's so great, Paul, because there are times where we just need to say sorry. Uh, This doesn't belong in our home. One of the things that we as parents can really try to be careful of, though, is not being just simply reactive, but proactive. And if we are proactively seeking God and spending time with our kids talking about this stuff regularly and in the word and having conversations, it's not like, oh, all of a sudden, you know, tragedy hit, or all of a sudden there's this show. Now, let me go quickly find a verse that I can slap in there. You know, <laughs> yeah. if we're, you know yeah. that's reactive, you know, or let me quickly now discipline because this is, you know, if we're proactively, you know, setting this foundation of the truth of God's word, um, you know, when these things happen, we're going to react better. So we need to be proactive more than reactive.
0: Yeah. Plus, I mean, honestly, if you have a show like this, and we don't really know what will be included, of course, they could backtrack on all this. Exactly. Yeah. But if you find any show
3: podcast alone, that's right.
0: (laughs) If you find any show that has content like this, and you sit down and your kid sits down with you, I guarantee that they're gonna feel super uncomfortable and not gonna want to watch the show. So you being in the room might be enough to (laughs) might be enough to you know get them away from it. (laughs) Um, it's hard when producers and networks take the heart out of a classic. But we don't really know what's going to happen here. And we don't want it to seem hopeless. And we also don't want to leave you stranded. And our goal here is to give you guys the tools that you need to make wise decisions for your families. So if you want to know more about this series, our very own Paul AC wrote a blog that could help you navigate some questions and concerns. And today for a gift of any amount, we also want to offer Danny Huerta's book, Seven Traits of Effective Parenting, and that can help you navigate your content concerns. And of course, we'll keep you updated on this story as it progresses, because we really want to know too. You bet. Well, we've had a lot of fun getting to share our thoughts today, but more than anything, we want to hear from you. So if there's anything you want to share about what we talked about, or if you have any ideas about topics you'd like us to cover, send us an email at team at thepluggedinshow.com. That's T-E-A-M at thepluggedinshow.com. You can also share your thoughts with us on Facebook as well as on Instagram. Just search Plugged In Team. On behalf of everyone here, I just want to say thanks so much for listening today. See you again next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show.